Force Awakens is a global phenomenon. Come on, baby, don't let me down. Star Wars magic is back. <laughs> Just see it. You'll love it. Star Wars The Force Awakens, rated PG-13. Greetings, one and all. This is Rico, and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness. That was a little TV spot there for The Force Awakens, still playing in theaters uh, a month more or later after it opened, and probably will still be around for a while, making a ton of money and a fantastic movie. I actually saw it again the other night, and I'll I'll talk briefly about that on the, on the show. Uh, also, we're going to look at uh, a TNG episode, Disaster, a classic uh, type of show this week. I'll talk a little bit more about uh, my recent uh, work on my uh, set design building, uh, this panel that I've been working on for a while now, and uh, just a bunch more, a little bit about TV and other things. Uh, today is January 17th, 2016. This will be Podcast 571 for Treks in Sci-Fi. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We want a man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Once again, welcome to the show, everyone. If you are new to Treks in Sci-Fi, welcome. If you've listened forever, well, welcome to you as well. And yeah, this is Rico, and uh, this week it's going to be good to get back to basics, what I call a classic-type show. The um, The last probably month or so has been taken up with special holiday shows, uh, shows on The Force Awakens, a couple of those little vidcasts and things, but uh, today we're going to get back to uh, a more or less the standard format or the basic uh, style I like to do, cover a Trek episode, talk about te- television a little, movies, and of course we got to talk a little bit more about The Force Awakens because, you know, we can't stop talking about that, right? It's making a ton of money. I don't know if it's completely now the worldwide uh, highest grossing movie of all time. I know it's the highest grossing movie of of in the United States of all time. I got a little confused by all those numbers that were floated around. I always thought for some reason that the highest, you know, once that hit, it made it the, you know, the global one. But I guess, you know, that didn't take into account foreign sales, which it seems, I don't remember them ever separating that out as much as they seem to be now. I don't know. Maybe they have, but I'm sure it's going to be that way. 
if it isn't already uh, the biggest movie of all time for money. Uh, a lot of fun. I saw it again the other night at a local, small uh, local theater that I go to that's just a few miles away from my house. And it was just so much fun. I, I, I felt like, a, you know, a little kid, kind of like, a, you know, the Star Wars films are kind of th- a throwback to the old sci-fi serials of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. So I'm in this very old uh, theater, uh, just a small family-owned business, uh, not a very big place, certainly not like, although they have digital projection now, and they do, it's, it, it sounded good and looked good, uh, but uh, I was there with my little bucket of popcorn, uh, just just enjoying it, taking it in. It was actually the only the third time that I'd seen the movie. I saw it twice uh, real quickly, you know, on opening, well, the, the night before our official opening day on the 17th, that Thursday night, and then on Friday again in 3D. So those two showings, that was all I saw it uh, all over the holidays or prior prior to the holidays. I was busy with family and other things over the holidays. Actually, frankly, didn't feel like going out much. Uh, when you have vacation time and and you're a busy you know person that travels a bit, staying at home, especially during the weather this time of year, is kind of nice. And I was just doing th- some you know work around the house and stuff. But um, so yeah, the third time the, uh, the you know it's been a probably about a month I guess since I had seen it, and it was just as much fun. I actually I think I'm enjoying it more. As many people I've heard say, I'm enjoying it more each time I see it in a way. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's, some of it has to do with, you know, there was so much hype and, and excitement and trepidation, I guess, a little bit about the movie when it first came out that it's, it's just so intense, you know, that first opening weekend. So now that we've all had chance to sort of sit back and reflect on it, it's just a really fun movie. Even Lynn said the other day, she didn't go with me again to this showing, uh, the other night, but, uh, she said she, you know, she said again that she really liked it, and, and it, it, this is high praise from her. She said, "Yeah, I, I would like to see that again sometime." So that's uh, that says something. So, uh, and it's just again, I have to say, I just really love the new characters, the new cast, or the new the new characters. Uh, sorry, whatever. I've already said that. I, I just think they just did a great job of both the casting and and uh, the characters themselves very well-rounded, you know, even though you don't see a, a lot of, uh, you know, even like uh, Poe or whatever, but it's just just very well done. I'm really looking forward to learning more about them in the next movie. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun to see that movie once again. And I've uh, been terrorizing Kaylee with my little uh, Sphero BB-8 uh, device, which I just saw online that there is coming they're they're uh, going to have this little add-on gadget for it this little wrist thing almost looks like sort of a smartwatch well not as nice as a smartwatch but basically you put it on your wrist and somehow by moving your hand around the motion of your hand sort of like using the force you can control bb8 i'm not sure when that's going to come out i think it was shown and released the info on it at um, the ces show that was just a week or so ago but yeah, that looks cool. So let's see, what else should we talk about before we get into the Trek episode? Uh, I'll talk a little bit about television. This is a little bit of a light uh, time for TV right now. We're in between kind of like the the Christmas holiday break. Uh, there are some shows that have come back and some new shows as well. I, uh, I'm actually invo- enjoying Gallivant again uh, more than I did last year. It's still not 
to me, fantastic. I mean, it's okay. It's funny. It's this little fantasy funny thing on Sunday nights um, in place of Once Upon a Time right now, or at least it's taken that time slot on ABC. But it's just a cute little show, and they do a great job on the production. Uh, but um, So that I've been watching. Also, really still enjoying The Expanse on the Sci-Fi Channel. If you have not watched that show yet, I, I really recommend it. It's already been renewed for another season. I think there's just a maybe two or three episodes left. I think it's a 10-episode first season, I think. Uh, and it's really good. It's set in space. They really do a good job with making it feel like you're at, and actually in space. You know, unlike, even though, I, of course, I love Trek, you, you because of, you know, artificial gravity and all the... Uh, you know, the goodies that the Enterprise has or whatever show you're watching for Trek, you never get that much of a sense of being in space on the show. I think the closest in Trek they ever came to it was maybe on Enterprise. But, you know, it's it's very much uh, just like, you know, everything's fine. There's very few times where there's no gravity. I think in, like, you know, Star Trek Six, it happened in the movies once. I don't even remember. Did it. Has it ever really happened much on the TV shows? I don't think it has that much occasionally little bits of things you know there was a bulkhead that blows out or something weird but very rare anyway uh the expanse though it has a very similar to sort of galactica vibe to it a little bit but that's uh, not really a good description this is more of a near future time where there are colonists out on mars and in the asteroid belt and there are people of course back on earth and there's a little bit of conflict between the sort of three groups of humans uh there aren't really any aliens on this it's just about humans and they have this group that live out in the asteroid belt sort of mining the asteroids for raw materials they're called the belters and they have the the mars people that are the you know the people called the martians even though you know they're from earth originally and then the earth people and in and the earth people are kind of dependent on the resources from the other groups and they all don't don't like each other a bit, and there's some other stuff going on, and a lot of it's set out on this station uh, in space in the asteroid belt. It's just very very well done. It looks great. Uh, good cast. Uh, Thomas Jane is is uh, is in it, and a, and a few others you'll recognize from television and other things. But uh, I'm really enjoying it quite a bit. So check that out. And and there's a couple new shows that I've been watching. Uh, the Shannara Chronicles on believe it or not MTV. And it's pretty good so far. I'm enjoying it. You know, it's kind of pretty people in a pretty setting and a pretty show. But it's not bad. John Rice Davies is in it. Uh, and it's, you know, there are elves. And it, it's very loosely based on the Shannara books. And some of the character names you'll recognize, Alanon and Will Olmsford. Uh, but um, but anyway, it, it's, it's good. I've seen, I think now, three episodes of that, so I'll keep watching that. It, you know, there's not a lot of fantasy type shows on television, so that has been uh, pretty good so far. It looks great. I mean, it's a it's a it's a really well done production in terms of the scenery. I think a lot of it they filmed over in New Zealand, which um, I'm a sucker for anything that's filmed in New Zealand. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, uh, you know, Legend of the Seeker years a few years back, Hercules, Xena, all those shows. Uh, so it, it always makes a beautiful setting for these kinds of fantasy uh, TV shows. Okay, uh, and movies, of course. And then uh, what was this new other? Oh, okay, a couple other things. I saw uh, Second Chance. I think that's the name of it. It's 
basically a, a TV show about a guy who's a, this older 75-year-old uh, sheriff who dies and is reborn in a, in a younger, healthier body with um, actually the, the body is even uh, better than he was when he was that age. He's stronger, faster, and stuff like that. So, and, and heals better and things. I don't want to give too much away. Plus, I don't know that much. I've only seen one episode of it. But uh, it, it was okay. I, 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 I'm intrigued enough to watch it again. It seems like it's similar to that movie with uh, Ryan Reynolds from a year or so ago with Ben Kingsley, where that guy, the old guy, kind of died and then was reborn in Ryan Reynolds' younger body. Uh, but it, there's a lot of differences between the two. That was eh, a so-so kind of movie. I saw it. but uh, so And then the other one, Shadow Hunters, uh, which is, I think, somewhat based on that movie uh, that was out a couple of years ago. Also based, I th- the movie was based on some books, so it's a, there was a movie based on some books, and now there's a TV show based on the movie that was based on some books. You got that? <laughs> uh, this is another sort of pretty, pretty person-type show with young people, and, you know, and, and it's about this fantasy realm, kind of this, this girl who on her 18th birthday learns that she's part of this heritage of people who can use magic, and they're fighting demons and things, and uh, I've only seen one episode of that. It's all, it's all that's been out so far, I think, but eh, that one's probably, out of those three shows, uh, Shannara and Second Chance and Shadowhunters, Shadowhunters is probably the weakest to me and, and the one I might end up, end up dropping. I'll, I'll try them each for about three episodes. Uh, Shannara, I'm going to definitely keep watching. Second Chance, we'll see, maybe. It, it's somewhat of a cop show, the, the Second Chance thing, so... I hope they don't fall into that uh, place too much. But um, oh, the other show that I'm enjoying—it's—it's it's been on all, all fall, but uh, they did a new episode of it, and I—they had a week off. Well, two other shows that I wanted to make mention of: Limitless and Supergirl. Both really good shows, really well done. Love the cast in both, and, and Limitless has really surprised me. Each week, it gets better and more interesting. Supergirl as well. Uh, I think these shows could potentially be on for a while. They're 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 getting you know deeper and more interesting with the characters and the stories, and they're they're not quite run of the mill. Limitless especially really shakes things up and does some interesting things. I find Supergirl too as well, but I mean it's a superhero show. So um, so yeah, that's what I've been watching in this sort of drought somewhat of of television. There are things still on the air. Oh, there's another. One other show that just started, I did not watch it yet. It's on my TiVo. I think it was just first episode was on the officially the first episode last week. Uh, the Colony or just Colony with um, Josh, what's his last name? Oh, I don't know. The guy from Lost. Uh, Hart, Hart, why can't I think of the guy's name? <laughs> I'll look it up in a second when I take a break here before the Trek episode. But anyway, Josh Holloway, that's his name. Um, the... Uh, that show, Josh Holloway is, uh, he's tried a couple of series in recent years, and uh, he did that one where he had that sort of computer uh, embedded in his brain, uh, which I kind of like that one, but that one only lasted uh, not even a full season, I think, maybe. Um, and then, uh, so he's got this new show, Colony, which is, I think, basically about a alien invasion of Earth and uh, people being sort of trapped in this uh, colony on earth something like that from the i'm just going by the previews i've not seen the first episode yet so uh so yeah a lot uh, you know quite a bit of still sci-fi fantasy to watch on television i try to give these new shows a shot when that when they pop up there's a new one also one other 
a show coming uh, on the Sci-Fi Channel called The Magicians, which looks interesting, uh, that I'm going to be watching as well. I think that starts this week. And, of course, the cool thing this week, though, is um, DC uh, coming up. We have The Flashback, we have Arrow back, and we have uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow starting as well. And I think there's also a DC special on, I think it's maybe Tuesday night this week, at least on the U.S., in the U.S. I think it's on the 19th, was it, the Tuesday night? It's probably around the Flash, probably like the Flash. And then this is basically some kind of DC uh, promo thing. I think it's going to really try to promote uh, Batman versus Superman movie, along with the DC TV shows, I think, as well. There continues to also be rumors of a a DC, uh, sorry, a Supergirl uh, Flash crossover uh, uh, show, considering that uh, Supergirl's on CBS and the Flash is on the CW. That'll be an interesting thing to pull off. I kind of, I really hope they do it. I think those two shows would really work well together. Uh, and I think it would be neat to see, uh, you know, Supergirl and the Flash together, Barry and Kara. Uh, but, um, but yeah, yeah, lots of fun stuff to see. And I haven't really seen anything else out of the movies except The Force Awakens again. I uh, haven't been out. I wanted to see a couple things, but I just didn't get to it over the holidays. The Hateful Eight I didn't see. Oh, uh, yeah, I, well, yeah, that and Creed are both the ones that I wanted to see, and I haven't had a chance. Those are probably going to have to wait for, uh, like, Netflix or home video. But um, All right, we're about 15, 16 minutes in. I think this is a good break point. I'm going to take a break. Uh, I will come back. We're going to get into the episode. I'll play the episode of TNG Disaster, and I will comment as we watch it. So be right back with that. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks, we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Captain's Lock, Stardate 45156.1. Our mission to Mudor 5 has been completed, and since our next assignment will not begin for several days, we're enjoying a welcome... Okay, here we go with Disaster from Season 5. Michael after my father. Wait a minute, we decided on Hero after my father. We talked about this last night. That's right, and we decided on Hero. Wait, I've got it. William. It's a great name, William O'Brien. It's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's all right, he's just doing... So we're in 10 forward now with uh, Data, Riker, O'Brien, and uh, Keiko. Oh, gonna be a hell of a gymnast. May I? Sure. There, feel it? When he's not turning, he's kicking or punching. When I want to sleep, he wants to wake up. At this point, I just wish it were over. I have to go on a transporter simulation on the bridge. Bye-bye, Michael. No. Come on, Jordy. No. Just try it once. It is not as hard as you think. I'm telling you, you will be terrific. <sighs> All right. 
I am the very model of a modern major general. I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. Now, I, I can't, I can't do yes, this. Yes, you can. I cannot sing in front of people. You were terrific. You were a little off pitch, but I think I can take care of that. Okay. So Beverly's trying to work out a uh, group here, I think, to do a play. This is Marissa, Jay Gordon, and Patterson. They're here for their tour. Hello. Can we see the Battle Bridge in Torpedo Bay? No, I'm afraid not. But we will be visiting the hydroponics and the astrophysics laboratories. I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time. Well, if you'll come with me. So this is uh, Picard with uh, children, of course, uh, the winners of a school science fair here to uh, get a tour of the ship. I'm not sure who to feel sorry for, the captain or the kids. I want you to know that we're very proud of our science fair winners. Perhaps some of you will choose to pursue a career in Starfleet. <laughs> He's just well, so bad with these um, kids. Uh, what did you do for your science projects? I planted radishes in the special dirt, and they came up all weird. I see. That's very, very commendable. And you? An analysis of the lifespan of the swarming moss on Gone Out 4. They only live for 20 hours, then they all die. How interesting. And you? So the, uh, yeah, there's a problem here, obviously. So we've got a good, you know, about four or so different groups of people that they're showing, you know, while this disaster takes place. The bridge, turbo lift, cargo bay. Sensors are picking up subspace distortion. Ten forward. And energy particles directly to starboard. Looks like we ran into a quantum filament. Damage report? We've lost primary life support. Switching to secondary systems. Impulse and warp engines are offline. There's another filament moving toward us, sir. All decks, brace for impact. So this one uh, navigator just got zapped on the bridge. All right, so uh, basically this one, Disaster, is the fifth episode from Season 5 of TNG, teleplay by Ronald D. Moore, of course, of Battlestar Galactica fame and, and Trek, of course, story by Ron Jarvis and Philip A. Scorza, directed by Gabrielle Beaumont, first aired on October 21st, 1991. This episode is basically sort of an homage to disaster movies and, and things like that. They had this uh, pitch from some people about, uh, you know, what happens if, a, you know, the Enterprise runs into some kind of a disaster in space, something happens, and the normal, you know, main crew are kind of all cut off from each other somewhat. 
and it, it creates some interesting dynamics and interesting situations and sort of throws them a bunch of problems to deal with and also throws people problems, especially like Troy and Picard, the fact that Troy will be on the bridge for most of this episode in charge and Picard being trapped in the turbo lift. It separates them and uh, creates uh, also some interesting things and Marina Sirtis has a lot to do in this episode which is cool and so do some of the other secondary characters like O'Brien and everyone so I think this is a very cool interesting episode I like episodes that are different and they break up the sort of routine and, and create a, a you know just a, a unique episode rather than the usual Here's a problem, and the main crew is together. They solve it and so forth. So back, uh, here we go with the uh, Act 1. I'm all right. Medical team to the bridge. Troy to sick bay. So they're all waking up here now on the bridge, and communications are down. A lot of, lot of problems. Counselor Troy to any crew member, please acknowledge... Medical team to the bridge. The computer's down. It looks like we still have impulse power, but not much else. Lieutenant Monroe. Chief O'Brien, the turbo lifts aren't working. We're trapped up here. So this girl on the bridge, or woman, um, navigator spot, uh, she's dead, it looks like, and it's going to leave Troy in charge. So now we're back with Picard in the turbo lift with the children. He looks kind of beat up a little bit from the fall. Bridge, this is Picard. This is the captain. Does anyone read me? Why don't they answer? I don't know. They're all dead. They're not dead. Communication is down, that's all. We're going to die, too. We most certainly are not. Now listen to me. No one here is going to die. The bridge will be sending a rescue party as soon as possible. So, I want you all to stop crying. Everything is going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work so good. <laughs> Poor Picard. Worst case ever. This Worst is the situation Starship ever. Enterprise calling any vessel within range. We are in distress and need assistance. Please respond. I'm still not sure if we're even transmitting. I'll set the message in auto-repeat and see if we get a response. You all right? I'm alive. What the hell happened? We were hit by a quantum filament. Most of our systems are down. We haven't been able to contact So Ensign Rowe made it to the bridge through well, the turbo lift. Through there, an emergency bulkhead closed just beneath that lift. Confinement mode. Right, isolation protocol. I'm, um, not really familiar with that protocol. If the computer senses a hull breach, it automatically closes emergency bulkheads to isolate the breach. Until we can clear those bulkheads, we'll be cut off from the rest of the ship. 
I have partial sensors back online. So right now, you know, Troy is seeing what's going on, and I think she I'm knows she's senior officer aboard or on the bridge, but... There are definitely survivors. What about 10 forward? 10 forward? My wife's there. I'm sorry, Chief. The readings are not that specific. Can you scan the drive section? I'm not reading any life signs in the drive section. Or could the sensors be malfunctioning? There's no way to know. Without the main computer, I can't run a full diagnostic. Can you sense anything, Counselor? There are a lot of people still alive. Many of them are hurt, but I, I can't tell where they are. We need to start emergency procedures. Who's the duty officer? Lieutenant Monroe was in command, but she's dead. I believe Counselor Troy is the senior officer on the deck. Counselor Troy? She carries the rank of Lieutenant Commander. I'd, um... I'd appreciate some suggestions. I recommend we initiate emergency procedure Alpha 2. Bypass computer control and place all systems on manual override. Very well. Aye, aye, sir. May I suggest that our next priority be to stabilize life support and to try and reestablish intership communications? Yes. Mr. Mandel, I'd like you to assist Ensign Roll. Yes, sir. So Troy gets in the big chair. Now, one thing I think about that is a little bit of somebody, you know, with that close contact with the main senior officers, you think she'd have a little bit more training? I mean, I know they've got to, like, make her look sort of new and naive a bit, but, uh, like, emergency protocols would, would seem to be a basic okay. thing they would train you in, right? No? I think so. Okay. So Keiko is here, you know, she's obviously pretty far along pregnancy and she's not, you know, feeling all that great with everything that happened. I've surveyed all the turbo lifts and service crawlways on this deck. Access to the bridge has been completely severed by emergency bulkheads. Sick bay? Heavy damage to section 23A has cut off access to sick bay. I have ordered a security team to bring casualties here until further notice. I think we should assume the worst, that everyone on the bridge is dead. There's no one in control of this ship. In that circumstance, re-establishing control of the ship should be our top priority. Agreed. Can we get to engineering? No, sir. The most direct route is blocked, but I believe we can use a starboard service crawlway. Okay. You and I will try to get there, Mr. Worf. This room is about to fill up with wounded in a few minutes. They're going to need help. I want you to stay in charge here. Yes, sir. Let's go. Over here. Yes, sir. Nice okay. way of looking at this, or this episode has got a nice look. Shunt. You know, the lights the are all dimmed down and right. flashing and red light. Bypass the flow current, and the computer still won't release the doors. Can we force them open? Yeah, we can try. There's an emergency hand actuator. <clears throat> Jordy. Yeah. This wall is hot. Where? I'm all right. But I think we've got a new problem. One of the energy conduits must have ruptured and ignited the polyduranide inside the bulkhead. That's a plasma fire. It's putting out a lot of radiation. We can't stay here much longer. Yeah, 
we've got a bigger problem than that. The quorotum in those containers is used in emergency thruster packs. It's normally pretty stable stuff, but when you expose quorotum to radiation, as a way of exploding. So again, you know, problems, disaster type stuff. The Enterprise in space here looks, uh, they, when they show it, there's no lighting on it. It's, it looks pretty dead. And there's this one kid, he's like so Eeyore. It's like gloom and doom. We're gonna die, we're all gonna die. Got to get their mind off uh, what's going on is what he's got to do. Picard's pretty hurt. He's needing help to even stand up right now. He either sprained something or broke something. He's trying to stand up and get to the hatch. There's like a an opening at the top of the uh, turbo lift, but he can't reach it. Your name is Marissa, is that right? Well, Marissa, I need a first officer to help me. You're the eldest. And so, that makes you my number one. Number one? That's what I always call my first officer. So, here. He pulls off one of his collar pips and, and attaches <sighs> it to a couple to her collar. Now, number one, we need a crew to help us get that hatch off. Don't you think that Jay here would make an excellent science officer? What do you say, Jay? Will you join our crew? It's Jay Gordon. Of course. Forgive me, Jay Gordon. I accept. Yeah. More pips for uh, Jay. Can I be an officer too? Well, let me see. Uh, your science project involved radishes, did it not? Yes, sir. Then I shall appoint you my executive officer in charge of radishes. There. Right, then let's get to work. Yeah, again, uh, good job by Picard there for uh, getting the kids to think about something else. We have approximately 52 kind of meters giving remaining them some in this responsibility. crawlway before we can safely exit into a main corridor. Cool it, Lake. Crawl faster. So they crawl down this uh, Jeffrey's area there and um, seal the hatch behind them. But of course, ahead, there's going to be a new problem sort of like this static field. We can withstand this level of radiation for another three or four hours without any permanent damage. We'll need a few days of hyronolin treatments. What are the radiation levels in the quoratum? They're at 83 rads and rising at a rate of about four rads per minute. This stuff gets unstable at about 350 rads. I still haven't been able to get any power to this transporter. The radiation level is about 20% lower at this end of the bay. Let's move the containers over to here. It's a good idea. It'll buy us some time. You know, we're going to have to do this by hand. With all the radiation floating around in here, we can't trust the anti-grav units. There. 
Just before the second time we were hit. See the subspace distortion? Yes. How big is a quantum filament? Well, it can be hundreds of meters long, but it has almost no mass, which makes it very difficult to detect. So, it's like a cosmic string? No. That's a completely different phenomenon. Well, how come there's all these stupid phenomenon out here in space? Come on. How we're did gonna you do that? I dangerous. diverted power from the phaser array, and I dumped it into the engineering control system. You what? Engineering stations online, counselor. But th that's a completely improper procedure. You can't just dump that much raw energy into a bridge terminal without We're not going to get out of this by playing it safe. <laughs> O'Brien's not happy, what but is our hey, status, at least the panel's working. Power available. But I'm getting some odd readings from the warp drive. I'm reading a spike in the warp field array. It looks like a containment deviation. Switch to primary bypass. Nothing. Field strengths are 40% and falling. We've got a problem. The quantum resonance of the filament caused a polarity shift in the antimatter containment field. When the filament hit us, the ship was momentarily charged, as if it had come in contact with a live electrical wire. That weakened the containment field surrounding the antimatter pods. The field strength is at 40% and it is still falling. If it falls to 15%, the field will collapse. And we'll have a containment breach. Which means? Boom. Which means the ship will explode. Yeah, so things, uh, you know, not so great. Commander, the current cannot be shut off from this relay box. We can't just sit here. So again, we've got a multitude of problems. Riker and Data trying to get through this electrical field. Would be broken. Well, I don't see anything in here that will handle that much current. Commander, much of my body framework is made up of tripolymers, a non-conductive material. Are you suggesting we use your body? Yes, sir. Data, there's half a million amps going through that arc. Could your body handle that much current? The power surge would cause a systems failure in my internal processors and melt my primary power couplings. However, there is a chance that the damage would not be irreparable. No. Commander, our options are very limited. First of all, Android or not, I wouldn't ask anyone to take that kind of risk. Second, if the computer is not working in engineering, I'm going to need your help to get control of the ship. My positronic brain has several layers of shielding to protect me from power surges. It would be possible for you to remove my cranial unit and take it with you. Let me get this straight. You want <laughs> me to take off your head? Yes, sir. So when they were breaking down this episode, they had this idea of wrong, removing sir? Data's no. head, and at first Data. they thought no one would go for it, but they did it. Would you be all right? My memory core and neural nets are self-contained. I would be fine, sir. Like you said, our options are limited. Hmm. So Data stands up right, right by the electrical field, and he just walks right into it. It's pretty, pretty zapped, and, Data? and falls down. 
So his, his chest is kind of burned. A remarkable experience, Commander. Are you all right? Did the shielding work? Apparently so, sir. My neural nets are still fully operational. You may begin by opening the ventral access panel, located two centimeters below my right ear. So again, a shot of the Enterprise in space, looking pretty dark and, uh, and not very... Uh... Oh, so she... Can you climb up? So Picard's got one of the kids on his shoulders and lifting him up through the uh, top of the turbo lift, through the, the hatch that's there. Good. Now look down the sides of the lift. Can you see two big clamps? Yes, I see them. Can you see if those clamps are attached to long beams inside big grooves? Yes. But one of them looks broken. It's half out of the groove. All right. Come down. So one of the emergency clamps, or whatever they are, emergency brakes kind of broke. Yeah, Picard's obviously got a pretty bad injury, like a leg or something. Those big clamps are part of the emergency system. If anything goes wrong, they're designed to hold the turbo lift in place. But it would seem that they're damaged. Is that why we keep shaking? That's right. Now, when they give way, we shall fall. So, you've got to get your crew out of here before that happens. Now, there's a ladder that runs along the wall of the shaft you can climb up that until you come to an open doorway well, what about you my ankle is broken i will just slow you down you need to move quickly now you are the leader and that's an order up the shaft. I want to stay here with you, Captain. Patterson, you're an officer. You have to obey orders. I don't want to be an officer anymore. I want to stay here with you. <laughs> I don't want to be an officer anymore. I don't like it now. We won't make it. We'll all die. We'll all die. We'll all die. Let's go now. crew has decided to stick together. We all go, or we all stay. All right. I'll try. But I want you to know, this is mutiny. <laughs> now, number one. Look at that control panel. Now, the yellow control pad. Hit that once. Now, the one below it, hit it twice. Now, that should release the panel underneath. Yes, it did. Now, you can pull it away. Okay. Good. 
Now that bundle of wires, that's optical cabling. See how much of that you can pull out. The levels are still rising. There must be some way to put that fire out. The energy is being fed by the ship's internal power grid, and we can't even get near that. The only way to stop it would be to eliminate its supply of oxygen. Wait a minute. <laughs> Doctor, I've got an idea. That's kind of wild, but we just might be able to kill two birds with one stone. Let's hear it. OK. We open the external door. That would depressurize the cargo bay and suck all of these containers out into space. At the same time, the lack of oxygen should put out the plasma fire. Jordy, that's a crazy idea. Us? We just need to find something in here to hold on to while the air is evacuating. Then we close the door, repressurize the bay. What about this? Yeah. Yeah, that ought to do it. There, that should do it. Yeah, all you gotta do is just to let all the oxygen out, let space There will be sharp pain as I in. set the bone. Prepare yourself. Good. Good, you bore that well. Worf. Dr. Worf. <laughs> so Keiko's going around helping people, right. but uh, she's... Uh, Perhaps you should lie down. She really shouldn't oh. be. Contractions. Why? I believe that is not uncommon in the late months of pregnancy. Disaster shows. No, I mean contractions. I'm going into labor. Disasters. This is not a good time, Keiko. <laughs> it's not open for debate. Like it or not, this baby is coming. Oh. <laughs> this is not a good time. I always got to have a pregnant lady around when disaster if strikes. field strength continues to drop at its present rate, we still have at least two hours before it becomes critical. But you're ignoring the fact that the power coupling is also damaged. If that coupling overheats, the field strength could drop a lot faster. We could have a containment breach in a matter of minutes. What do you suggest? We should separate the saucer now and put as much distance as possible between us and the drive section. Excuse me, sir, but that's damn cold-blooded. What about the people down there? There's no evidence that anyone is still alive in the drive section. No evidence they're dead either. If you were trapped down there, would you like us to cut you loose and just leave? No, of course not. But I also wouldn't expect the bridge crew to risk the safety of the ship and hundreds of lives in a futile effort to rescue me. Yeah, tough call, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the decisions, you know, the senior people have to make, so... You said there was no way to stabilize the containment field from the bridge. Could it be done from engineering? Yes, but my readings indicate there's no power down there. They don't even have monitors to tell them there's a problem. Could we divert energy from the bridge to those monitors? Yes, sir. I will say it again. There is no reason to believe that anyone is still alive in engineering. We're wasting time even talking about this. We have to separate the ship now. I believe there are still people alive down there. And I'm going to give them every chance. Assuming they're alive, they'll be hoping there's someone up here who can help them. So we'll help them. 
Chief, divert the necessary power to engineering. Aye, sir. So this is a... Uh, one of the things about this episode and some of the comments I read on, on uh, Memory I Alpha. You, that power coupling could overheat at any moment. By not separating the ship now, you could be responsible for all our deaths. Thank you, Ensign. The um, commentary said somebody was commenting that, uh, you know, the row doubting uh, Counselor Troy was sort of maybe one of the weak parts of this episode, but I think it kind of works. I think it kind of makes sense. They haven't worked together a long time yet, and, uh, you know, so it's, um, you know, it's understandable that she's a little apprehensive about her. Okay, so I think, let's see, Picard and the kids are all outside the turbolift now. this door. You're gonna have to climb up to the next deck. What if that one doesn't open either? Then we'll never get out. Quiet. <laughs> Both of you. That's an order. We're going up. Ready? Ready, sir. The lift's falling. Hang on! <laughs> Nice right. work on the different sets and things we see in this episode, you know, that aren't really shown very much. The the turbo lift shaft here is pretty cool. What's wrong? He's scared. We're right with you, Patterson. You're not going to fall. Everything will be all right if you just keep climbing. What we need is a climbing song. Marissa, is there a song that you sing at school? The Laughing Vulcan and his dog? I'm afraid I don't know that one. <laughs> I know. The Laughing Sarah Vulcan Jacques. and his dog. That's a song I used to sing when I was at school. Patterson? It's almost a reference you know to Cybok. You know. Good. It goes like this. Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques, dormez-vous, dormez-vous. Sonny la matina, sonny la matina, ding, ding, dong. Ding, ding, dong. Very good. Now, keep singing. All of them are all tied together with, like, this uh, wiring. Like a rope to connect them all together. Although, I'm not sure how good that rope would be if, if anyone really did fall. It doesn't look all that strong. Good idea for Picard here to do the song thing. Your contractions are now only 30 seconds apart. The dilation has gone to 7 centimeters since the onset of labor. That did not take long. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> Worf's like... Hmm, that did not take long. You are doing very well. I'm sure the child will arrive soon. Worf, has the baby turned? Turned? 
So the head is down. Dr. Crusher told me a few days ago that it hadn't. She wasn't worried because I still had a month to go. I'm uh, not certain. Can't you tell? Worf, have you ever done this before? Delivered a baby? Yes. Uh, no. I took the Starfleet Emergency Medical Course. In a computerized simulation, I assisted in delivery of a human baby. Sometimes it doesn't go by the book, Worf. Uh, uh, You're gonna have to check it manually, sure Worf, to find fine. out if the baby's turned. Come on, Worf, take a, take a look. Once the air is vented, the first thing you'll feel is an extreme pressure on your lungs. You have to resist the temptation to exhale. Okay. Next, our hands and feet will get cold, then numb, and some of the capillaries on the exposed sections of the skin may burst. Sounds like fun. We will have about 15 seconds of useful consciousness, then about 10 seconds of extreme disorientation, then we pass out. Okay. Once the air is evacuated, one of us is going to need to get to that panel to repressurize the bed. We're ready. Are you okay? It's a pretty crazy idea, really, but especially since the, the panel is across the room. first and then I think there's a force field that he's got to drop. We can afford to wait and see if someone in engineering notices those monitors. Have you made preparations to separate the saucer section? Yes, sir. We're in standby mode for docking latches and... Edson! There's a thermal inversion in the power coupling. Quick, cross-connect to the transfer coil. That was close. What happened? Exactly what I said might happen. The power coupling overheated and the entire containment field almost collapsed. O'Brien's fixed it temporarily. But this could happen again at any moment. And next time, we might not be able to stop it. You can't let wishful thinking guide your decision, Counselor. It's time to leave. We will separate the ship when I decide that it's time and not before. Is that clear, Ensign? Yeah, yes. Ensign. Is that clear? Okay, try it. 
Okay, so now we're down in uh, this little wherever it is auxiliary. I can now raise the door. So Data's head is just plugged in here. Power on this entire deck, and yet somehow these monitors are working. Did a really nice job with that. I think it looks good. The power reaching those monitors has been diverted from the bridge, sir. But why? Unless there's something they want us, something they need us to see. Yes, there is. Wait a minute. Data, the containment field strength is down to 18%. Can you stabilize it? No, sir. I do not have access to the containment field. You will have to establish a new link. Locate the ODN conduit, sir. Got it. Yes, sir. You must now change the input matrix of my secondary optical port and then connect the ODN conduit. That is not the correct port, sir. Sorry. <laughs> it made data like sort of close one eye and wink. You must hurry, Commander. The containment field has dropped to 16%. I'm trying. I need a bigger head. The field continues to drop, sir. Collapse is imminent. Try it now. I've made a connection, sir. I am now stabilizing the containment field. Sir. Field strength is stabilizing. 18%, 20, 25. I guess they got our message. I was wrong, Counselor. You could have easily been right. That was close. Sort of like the countdown anytime there's something going to blow up on a show. Always happens at the last second. So now the uh, we're at another scene with Picard here. They've got to a deck that they've been able to open the door at. Uh, so Picard's crawling his way up onto the uh, onto the floor of the deck. And pulling the uh, children. They'll have quite an adventure when they get back uh, about their uh, trip and visit to the Enterprise, that's for sure. And uh, they all sort of, uh, well, the girl gives uh, Picard a hug and he's smiling and kind of laughing with the you kids. You are fully dilated to 10 centimeters. You may now give birth. <laughs> oh, that's what I've been doing. <sighs> the baby's not Burning in the right position, Warf. Go fix it. It should start at full dilation. Why has it not begun? I don't know. I don't think it's up to me. It happens when it happens. Oh. Computer simulation was not like this. <laughs> that delivery was very orderly. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel an uncontrolled urge to push? Good. You are bearing down. Now, you must push with each contraction, and I must breathe gently but firmly to push harder. Push, Keiko. Push hard. Push, Keiko. Push. 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 I am pushing! 
Baby is emerging head first. Good. One more contraction. Okay. That's good. Push. Push. Hard. I have the baby. I will smack the child to induce breathing. They did a pretty good, uh, you know, job with uh, finding a pretty young new newborn for this. Uh... Like it. And Worf cuts the umbilical cord with a little uh, laser scalpel thing, and. Uh... Supplemental. We are en route to Starbase 67 so that's to undergo cool. repairs. Life aboard the Enterprise is slowly returning to normal. Now just wait here. So the kids are there on the bridge with uh, the big chair, can you? I don't think I'm cut out to be captain. First officer, maybe. I understand there aren't many qualifications. Captain Picard to the bridge, please. Hello. It's good to see you again. What brings you to the bridge? An appreciation for the way you helped scatter the turbo shaft and the way you helped us not be scared. We want to present to you this commemorative plaque. So they made this little sign plaque for Captain Picard. It says uh, basically what uh, what they just Thank said, and they signed their names. I made the back piece. Oh, what a wonderful job you did of it too. Well, later this afternoon, we're going to finish the tour I promised you, starting with the battle bridge. I'll see you at fourteen hundred hours. You have the bridge number one. Aye, Aye sir. sir. Card gives him a little wink to the kids, and then he goes back into his uh, ready room. Yeah, so that was fun. The um, the episode disaster from season five. Uh, like I said, uh, I, I like the fact that you get all these different little stories going on. They all have to do different things than they're used to, and they all come through it together and working uh, in different situations with problems. And uh, and I like this stuff with uh, Troy in charge. I thought that was cool. Really, really good episode. Uh, interesting idea, and I wish the, these are the kind of episodes that, like I said, I, I get a big kick out of because they're different and unusual. So uh, 
That's a Disaster by or from TNG Season 5. I'll be back in a moment and we'll wrap up today's show. When you are done listening to Rico, you can head on over to the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Fangirls with the mostest. The socially functional fangirls who walk on the wild side. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that look at that TNG episode this week, uh, Disaster from Season 5. Coming up on the podcast next weekend, Mark will be here with a guest to spot. He's going to look at the movie Outland. Uh, that's that Sean Connery movie from, when did that come out? Around 1980-ish, I think, somewhere around then. Maybe even 79, I don't know, I'm trying to remember. But uh, yeah, that's a pretty good one. And so not not quite a, one of his older classic sci-fi films, but it's still a good one as well. And then in uh, two weeks, I will be back here with Chris and Meds. We are going to discuss and talk uh, about the last uh, season or series of Doctor Who from the UK. So um, that will be uh, coming up in two weeks on the 31st of January. So that's what's coming up on Treks in Sci-Fi. If you want to support the show, go over to patreon.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. You can set up a, a little donation there for a dollar or two a month and help support the podcast and the new set that I'm building here in the Rico Cave. Also, if you ever want to contact me, treksf at gmail.com is the email. And again, always make sure you go over and check over Vimeo uh, for videos, by music videos I put up and other things there, vimeo.com forward slash trekkie there. And you can find all those videos from uh, convention stuff and, and other fun things that I've done. Uh, and put up on Vimeo. So that's it, folks. Again, thanks for listening this week. Uh, always iTunes reviews are great, especially at this time of year, kind of start off the year. If you've never reviewed the show on iTunes, that's always fun and, and nice to see those. So uh, yeah, enjoy uh, the weather wherever you're at. It's It's gotten nasty and cold and snowy here in Michigan, although not too bad. There was the Detroit Auto Show started this past week, and I was downtown this past week at that and uh you know it was around 30 degrees fahrenheit that day so uh for michigan in january that's not too bad and and the snow has not been too terrible yet either we had a pretty good amount back around thanksgiving and we've had just hit of a couple inches here a couple inches there since then so uh okay i'm gonna get out of here i will post up this show and hope you guys enjoy it and i'll talk to you again soon bye-bye oh one last thing we lost some really great uh people in the last week or so alan rickman david bowie a big fan of both so i thought this week i would end the show on a on one of my favorite david bowie songs uh, as a tribute to him so uh, those guys will definitely be missed when they went way too young and again uh miss them both miss more work from them uh, in you know the future so uh sorry to see that happen with alan rickman and david bowie but here is modern love by david bowie one of my favorite david bowie songs so uh, uh rest in peace both you guys uh really appreciated all the work you had for us so take care everyone bye-bye <laughs>
This has been a Rick Dosti podcast production.